Colombian writer-director Nuvon Duque explores the relationship between the Bogota upper class, power, money, and corruption, as well as the effect these tensions have on the most intimate realms of family and friends. All-inclusive is his latest short film, and after, after its premiere at TIFF, it has become a reoccurring title in the international festivals, playing in over 50 festivals and receiving 17 awards. He is currently writing his first feature based on the themes in All-Inclusive by shifting the focus from the spectacular tales of drug lords to the emotional ride of a boy who has little control over his fate. Duvon Duque offers us a fresh angle on this common trope of the representation of Colombian society. Now, the film premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival and qualified to be considered for a 2024 Academy Award after winning Best Drama at the Aspen Short Fest. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome writer, director Duvon Duque and his short film, All Inclusive, to the show. Welcome. Hi, thanks so much for having me and for that great introduction to, to our film. Uh, you're very, very welcome. And uh, wow, what a film it is. And right off the bat, what inspired you to create this film, All Inclusive? So it started with the recurrent childhood memories that came, came coming to me um, from my time growing up with my stepmother and my father. Um, and I started revisiting those memories, thinking about them and maybe realizing that something about them had to be rethought. Uh, I don't know if it happened to you, but it did to me. Like when, when you start getting older, um, you it's hard not to just put yourself in the position of your parents when you were growing up and sort of rethink some of those things that you that you've been blaming them for, for example. Uh, so it started like that, like as a way to step into the shoes of my father and my stepmother as I was growing up. But then it became something more, um, I guess, big and collective. I I, I wanted to enter through that very emotional connection with the story, but to use it as a way to talk about my country and the things that I'm interested in. And, and well, so the there, so that means that there are a few parts in the film that we would consider autobiographical. I guess a, f a few of them, but um, I didn't leave a, a trip that was exactly like that. And my father was not involved in that kind of business as such. Um, but I guess it's just a very personal entry point in order to then make a fiction, you know? Oh, I, oh, I get it. Now, what, for all of us that, that have maybe have never been to Colombia, what is life like in Colombia growing up? Um, I, so I'm from Bogota, which is the, like the biggest city in Colombia. It's quite a, it's a big city, 8 million people, lots of traffic, lots of, you feel very overwhelmed and it's, it's quite cold for Colombian standards. But then uh, you drive two hours and the weather changes completely. And that's sort of the experience that I wanted to capture in this film. The, the experience of a boy that goes to this new place that's only two hours away from his home, but looks nothing like his home. You know, regions cha change so much. Culture change. It just shifts so much from one place to the other in Colombia. Um, so I really wanted to capture that sort of that texture and that feeling. Well, you know, your film it truly showcases the family dynamic of a father, a son, and a stepmother. Why did you use the subject of business as the disruptor? I'm, I'm very interested in the way money um, comes into our most intimate relations. Like, I think when I was writing the story, you know, when you're making a short, you always try to make it as concise as possible. You want to focus on one character or one relationship. Uh, so, but 
I was trying to pull out some of the elements when we were rewriting the, the script, maybe not focus so much, so much on the father or the mother, the stepmother or the business. Uh, and when we tried doing that, then the story lost its strength. And I guess it's because families are just such a complex structure where you have all these elements intertwined. Um, and I guess money is, is, is one of those elements that connects the family to the other world, to the rest of society. Uh, and then the tensions that come from that tension, from that relationship, then permeate all of the relationships within the family. I don't know if I was too confusing, but... No, 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 because it actually leads into my next question, because I watched the film three times. Wow. Because, because, I, because I'm the type of person that takes a lot of notes. So I, I usually sit down and I watch the film all the way through the first time, just to kind of get a really sense and try to get a feel of the story and see where it's going. Then the second time I'm watching it, I'm like, okay, let's, let's start breaking this down. And then when I start breaking it down, the third pass that I watch it is more like, okay, is there anything I miss? Is there, because usually, because I know I'm learning that with filmmakers, there's always these little nuances that, are within the film and some people pick them up and some people do not. But I noticed that, you know, there are many relationship situations going on at the same time. There's husband, wife, there's father, son, there's stepmother, stepson. One affects the other. Was this difficult to portray the straining of the different relationships in a short film? It was, it was difficult to imagine. It was quite, um, we were, I guess I was a bit anxious because we didn't know if it would work. Maybe it was too much for a short. Um, but then I guess the way to capture it was just having a really great casting and a very good preparation and really making these people start to feel like a family. You know, a lot of our rehearsals weren't even acting. We would just hang out. We would just go bowling. We would just, I don't know, go dying out. We just wanted to build the relationships between these people. And I think, I think we made something true be between them and the camera has a way to capture that truth. Uh, so I guess that's the way we, we went into capturing this very complex um, family situation. I have to say the betrayal of the different relationships of the family was absolutely flawless. I mean, it was so flawless that every character you truly believed that they were a real family and uh, the emotion. I mean, it just, there's so many elements of this film to, to actually break down and we're not going to break it down completely today, but uh, I love the film and uh, it's one of the few short films I've seen this year that actually focus on the family dynamic. Now, Within the film, there, there was a scene that I probably played over a few times because I was really trying to grasp the emotion of the character. So there's an argument between the stepmother and the father. And he, of course, you know, he's having money problems, but he wants to provide for his family, but he feels that he's backed into a corner. But then, but then within that scene, the father yells that, and, and then is yelling at the stepmother that this is his son. And he, and I was shocked that he emphasized that this is his son 
and that he will take care of him. Which to me was just like, that was kind of rude because he was leaving the stepmother feeling like her concerns, her advice in the situation and input doesn't matter. I mean, was that a difficult film uh, scene to film? Yeah, that was the hardest scene to film for all of us. I thought that if that film didn't work, the whole film wouldn't work. Uh, so we, we put a lot of work into that. We rehearsed that scene quite a long time. Um, and uh, yeah, you're completely right. That's a very tough thing to say. And I think he's only saying that because, as you say, he feels cornered. Uh, and he doesn't want her to sort of ruin his plans because he, he truly believes that's the way he like that's the best way he has to provide for his family. Um, I don't think he has any bad intentions. He's just cornered, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, and he really, because I noticed that within the father in that scene, I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. All right, what what is the internal emotion? I'm thinking, okay, the father is, as many fathers do, uh, there's pride. Yeah. There's an insecurity. But with him, there's actually both. He was really wanting her support and she wasn't giving his support. And that's where, so he uses anger uh, as the reaction. And, and, you know, with many people, they think that anger or yelling out is going to convince the other person to finally agree. And it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. I guess it's a very, it's a very, I guess, classic masculine way to react to problems within your family. You know, you wanna, you wanna be the person that that has the the final say, uh, and he, yeah, he's just frustrated and he he sees no way out other than this. So her putting that into question is just very frustrating to him. Well, let me ask you this, uh, uh, Duvon, is the link between family? And the temptations of corruption, is it common in Colombia? I, I guess um, we have a very unequal society. There's huge inequality, economic inequality, and there's very hard access to real um, good opportunities for, for working class families. Um, so the temptation to go into different illegal routes that are common in Colombia is, is quite common. Um, because as I said, sort of the legal way into a good life is a very hard and restricted uh, access. Like very, very little families actually have that. Um, so yeah, of course, I, that's, there's, a huge, there's a huge temptation for a lot of people that are struggling and that only see illegal routes as a way, as a way out. You know, outside of Colombia, I was actually thinking about this the other day and, and thinking about your film. You know, we live in a world where stereotypes are very, very common. And stereotypes today kind of lead more into division, uh, maybe a slight racism overtone. But with Colombia, so let's say that you're outside your country, you're in another country, and somebody asks you where you're from, and you say, I'm from Colombia. What, it, what for you, what is the other person's initial thought? I mean, is it like, oh, that's where coffee comes from or, Oh, that's where they make cocaine. Yeah. Probably the second one, both of them, but first the second one. Yeah. You know, we have Narcos was a big, big hit and you know, everyone knows who Pablo Escobar was. So, so we have a long, long, 
reputation, I guess. Um, and that's a big dilemma in whether we should make this film about this or not. And, and it has been quite debated around because some people just want to want to say, hey, let's stop doing anything that's related to narcotraffic or, or money laundering or um, and I guess there's a point to that, but but it's also a huge part of our reality. And uh, what I wanted to do is sort of shift the focus. You know, it's always been done from the perspective of the like the big narco, the big drug lord and the spectacular tales. Um, but I really wanted to 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 show how all these structures really permeate even the families that are struggling and even kids that have barely any control over that world. But uh, there's just those tensions in society that start tensing and end up tensing something as 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 close as a relationship with your stepmother that you can that you can lose her as you lost your mother it's a second loss of a mother um so you know i guess what what i loved was how you didn't focus on uh like the drug lord side of things and and i love how subtle you brought up you know so Don Williams, the character, you know, uh, he's he's in in the illegal trade. Uh, he's going to money launder, but you don't actually use that as a focus. It's more of like a, a background story, but it's linked to the father's behavior. Um, are there those in Colombia? And I'm just going to use it, use this as an, an example. Are there those in Colombia that think that it's okay? to maybe brush up against someone that may be doing illegal activity, but themselves are saying, I'm not going to get involved in that. And that, and when I looked at the father, I'm thinking, okay, he wants to get this deal done, but he doesn't want to put both feet into that other gentleman's business. He's trying to, he's trying to find a way to separate it and justify to his wife that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, for sure. That's a big part of what I was interested in, you know, seeing how this kind of business really gets to very different parts of society. And I don't know, for example, in in our political system, there's a lot of money that comes from from places like that. Uh, But politicians, they don't feel like they're in the trade or they're in the in the business, but they're somehow profiting from it. You know, Um, well, you know, you bring up a good point. Politicians are probably the best example and where they probably don't think twice about it. But here's the father in your film, and he knows the the danger, but he's trying to make the deal, but in his mind, trying to separate himself from the deal at the same time, but while providing a good life for his family. So I thought that element of the film was really brilliant. Thanks so much. And you've, you've watched it so carefully. It's, it's great. Thanks well, so much. Now let's talk about the son because like any boy, you know, they want to spend time with their father, but is the father actually treating him like an afterthought? I guess this guy is, is in such a difficult place in his life. He, he sees no, no other opportunity. He's been struggling for a long time. He really, he has been trying this business and that business and they've all failed. Um, and I think in the end, he just wants to be a good father and wants to provide for his family, but his problems that just don't leave him room to have a good relationship with his kid, like the, like, uh, the relationship that he would like to have. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I know that the son loves his father, um, but he, you know, I was really even focusing on that the fact that the son, he really loves his stepmother. Yeah, and that's, for me, that's the, the main center of the film, the relationship between this boy and the stepmother, because that's the bond that's going to be put into question and that's going to be jeopardized by, by this whole story you know oh it's yeah. a boy that all of a sudden feels that he can lose her and that sort of remove like moves him inside uh so yeah for me that's the most important relationship in the in the film you know there was a there was a very poignant moment um in the film where they're i guess they're sitting in i guess it's like a restaurant um i don't want to call it a nightclub but you know people get to do karaoke and things of that sort but when she asked, when she asked her stepson, did you ever know your mother? And then the, when he answers, I was like, okay, now I get it. Why, why he clings to her because he does want to have a mother figure in his life because it's someone that he can cling to while his father constantly focuses on business. Yeah. He desperately needs that mother figure. And there's this woman that came to his life and she can be that second mother to him. Um, and actually that line was supposed to happen in another, in another scene, but some, somehow we couldn't get it in. Uh, and we ended up putting it in there. And I think it's very interesting the place it ended up taking because you start to think, why is this woman asking that in that moment? Uh, and I, yeah, for me, it's just, it's just her about, she, she just wants to leave and she, she's, she's thinking of leaving. So she's wondering about this kid's real mother, you know? And the fact that maybe there's a bit of feeling of guilt on her part that he finally has a mother figure in his life and she's thinking about leaving, knowing yeah. that she's going to take that away and she doesn't want to hurt him but she's caught between the son's love for her and the situation with her husband. Uh, very complex, but like I said before, you did a flawless job. <laughs> Thanks so much. Yeah, and I think that's a, that's a dilemma that even real mothers experience or real fathers. Every time you, you're thinking of separating or getting a divorce, but you have kids involved, it's just such a huge dilemma, no? You... you you don't want to hurt them, but you also don't want to hurt yourself. So I think it's relatable even to to other types of families. It's very, very relate, relatable, uh, uh, Devon. I got to ask you something because you have a very strong cast in this film. What was the casting process like? So none of them had ever acted before. Uh, none of the actors. So it was, a, we have a huge, not, not huge, but we have a, quite a big tradition in Colombia of working with non-professional actors, people that have never acted before. Uh, so we have very good and skilled uh, casting directors and they just know how to look for these people. We, ju we were just wondering, okay, where would these characters live? Where would these characters hang out? And we would just go to those places and start asking people, uh, meeting people. Uh, the first one that, that I knew that we had found was the boy. Max, he's just very, he's very sensitive and very mature and super intelligent. And then we used him to cast 
who was going to be his stepmother and his father. He was sort of, uh, he was like part of our team judging the different candidates. And because I really wanted to find someone, especially for the stepmother, that had a lot of chemistry with this boy. Uh, so, so having him involved in part of the process was, was very important. You know, I, I was surprised that they had never acted before. Um, they all, the, the three main characters come across extremely experienced and professional. So ladies and gentlemen, when you watch all inclusive, you're going to be taken back with the fact that the cast is so stellar that you would you would think that they would all all three would have uh, an incredible resume in film, but they don't. But what impressed me, Duvon, was uh, Max in that one scene, and and I and I learned that this was his first film. But being in your first film and turning on the tears, that is an incredible moment. Yeah, that was that was actually the last shot that we that we shot um him him crying looking at her and it was we discovered during the rehearsal process that uh, we we made this exercise where she would start thanking him for having met like the, the actress would thank max for having met uh and for being an incredible person and she would start thanking him and the only instruction that he had was that he couldn't reply anything with words and we found out that when we did that he would start crying um so that's the way we shot it. She's just standing next to the camera and it was quite, it was beautiful. But again, it, it was just having a great casting and finding these people that are very talented and he's just very connected to his emotions and very much in control of them, which is very weird for an 11 year old boy that he was when we shot that. Um, and he also wanted to, he lost his mother at a, at a young age as well. Uh, so he used the film as a way to sort of deal with a lot of feelings that he had inside uh we're good friends now we're great friends and uh he's 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 very happy to have done this well what has been the audience's interpretation of the ending of the film you know it, it's been it's been diverse like for me it's quite a clear ending and uh when we were editing i i felt that it was very clear but a lot of people feel it's quite ambiguous so so that's always good, you know, the, the different interpretations of different people to the to a film. It's quite, always quite interesting. Well, what what even makes that much makes the whole thing better is that it causes the audience to have the discussion amongst themselves about the film. So they talk about the film more. The film is more into their memory and then they want to tell other people about it. So to me, if you have any element of a film that causes people to talk about it, that's just a huge plus. And even I went back and had to look at the ending uh, in different ways. But I, I think I lean more towards you. You pretty much get a clear cut idea of what the ending actually means. So I'm, I, I agree with you. What's tricky, though, is that none of the clues are words. You know, it's just it's it's looks. And I was very interested in that and really capturing I love I love films. I sometimes I think of films just as a way to capture human faces and what's happening be, behind the eyes. Uh, so that was a big challenge of the film, trying to have all these sort of plot twists and points and turning points that only happen through the eyes of the characters. No, I agree. Uh, I've seen films with limited dialogue. 
I've seen films with no dialogue at all. And to me, it's an art to have an actor that can bring the story and the meaning just by facial expressions. And like you said, maybe it's the look in the eyes. And I think with actors, even if they are having uh, moments of, of dialogue, you have to have, it's the eyes that tell the story. It's the eyes that causes the audience, is this believable? And mm. with with the all the actors, even the even the like Don Williams character and uh, the concierge at the hotel and all that, everybody in this film uh, just had a great performance, and it was just real. You're right. You're right. Especially towards the end, these people, as I said, had never acted before. Uh, and it's very interesting when you're working with non-professional actors to see how they start becoming their characters as the shooting days pass. Uh, and that final scene was shot in the final shooting day. It was the final, the, the last scene that we shot. And I was like, we were all blown away watching Alejandra, the actress uh, of Natalia, the stepmother, so really becoming in such control of her own body within this character. And the way she just she can tell so much with a, with a subtle movement of her eyes, it was it was very it was beautiful to watch. It was very very beautiful to watch. And ladies and gentlemen, I will tell you this: you will never know by watching this film that these actors are in their first film. But what stellar, brilliant performances from everyone in this film! You know, Devon, I've got to ask you, what is the film industry like in Colombia? We've uh, had a quite quite a boom over the last 20 years. There was, there was a lot of government policies that wanted to help our industry, which was pretty much dead 20 years ago. We had, I don't know, we, we were making, I, I don't know, maybe like five features a year. Uh, now we're making a ton of like, 50, 60, I don't know what's the number now, but the numbers have gone up so much. Uh, and we're also attracting a lot of foreign uh, films to be shot in Colombia. We have a lot of incentives, fiscal incentives. So we've had yeah, people from Hollywood all, all coming all the way here to, to shoot their films. And that has created a very good, um, we have great skilled technical people. Uh, we have great, um, it, it's a huge ecosystem now uh, that is thriving and um, Let's hope it, it keeps on thriving. Wow. That, and I guess I guess one of the, and like you alluded to earlier, I guess one of the positives of Colombia, or let's say the Bogota region, uh, is like you said, you can drive an hour or two hours and the terrain changes. So there's probably multiple scouting locations just in that one area. Yeah, you, you have everything here. Like you, you get deserts, you get uh, beaches, you get seas, you get jungle, you get... Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite, quite, a you got all sorts of different locations. So it's a great place to come and shoot. Well, that is, I am so glad that, that, uh, that area is benefiting from the film industry, but I've got to ask you, what does it mean to you to have your film Oscar qualified? So this whole thing is very new to me. Um, so, so I'm trying to discover how it works. It's, it's quite a, quite a wild world, uh, and the journey. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But it's 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 an honor. We got 
qualified because we got an award in Aspen, uh, which is such a fun festival experience for film for filmmakers. Um, and since since then, we've been trying to discover how this works, and it's just another way to show to get to more people to to let this story reach more people. So so I'm very excited. Well, I was impressed by the cinematography of your film. Um, it has a very unique and particular look. It it stands out among other films. Uh, I I don't know who the cinematographer was, but that alone was an incredible job because I was even looking at, you know, I was looking at the color grading and and just it, the look just has this incredible texture to it. And I think it added to the story. Yeah, completely. We were going for a, I wanted an image that felt beautiful, but didn't feel constructed. Uh, so, you know, like memories, you have all these beautiful memories, but I really wanted to create this image where the moment you sensed some kind of beauty, that it just faded away to another, to another shot, to another thing. Uh, and I found this this great Greek cinematographer. His name is Konstantinos Kukulios, uh, and he had that he had that sort of vibe in his work. And re I really wanted to work with him. And I was lucky to have producers that that went with that crazy idea of flying somebody all over from Greece to Colombia uh, just to do a short. Uh, but he was great and he loved Colombia. He wants to come back and uh, I really want to make my feature with him. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happened. Well, what, then, I loved about, what I loved about the cinematography was it actually has a real film look to it. And, yeah. and that's, that's one of the things that I don't see a lot unless somebody is filming with 35 millimeter. Uh, I've already seen one short film where they filmed with an eight millimeter, but when someone can take a camera, uh, let's say it's a digital type camera, and give it that look of film, that's just art. Yeah, I agree. We we wanted to shoot sixteen millimeter, but we didn't um, we didn't have the budget for it, and also I didn't want to be limited in a way that shooting with film would limit us, especially because we were working, as you said, with non professional actors. So our takes were very long. There was a lot of improvisation. And a lot of the scenes that you actually saw were built in the cutting room um, because there's a lot there's a lot going on when you improvise. So I didn't want to have the restrictions of shooting in film where you can only shoot for, for a little time. Um, so we were lucky to have a great colorist in Greece as well, who, who always works with Konstantinos. He's called, yeah, his name is Mantos Sardis and he's, he's very good at doing that. Um, we, we wanted this texture because yeah, I guess we, we wanted the, the image to be filled with character and uh, it's a very deep emotional film. And I thought that this sort of heaviness had to be had to be rendered into the into the image. And that, that well, was, it, was it added a lot of substance. Now, how did you meet the producers, Christoph Beryl and Tuvik Ayata? Uh, and what was it like working with them uh, on this film? So Christoph and Tuvik are my... Uh, they're the French co-producers. Uh, my producer was Franco Loli, and I actually met him maybe eight years ago when I made my first film, and he was part of a jury in a festival in Bogota. Uh, and I shot this very little film with no money, and he really liked it. And since then, we've been working. This is the second film that we make together. And he always co-produces with France, uh, and Christophe and Tufik are, are some of his, his common co-producers. 
Yeah, well, they have an incredible resume by themselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to go to IMDb, you can look them up. Uh, but, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Duvon Duque's short film, All Inclusive, is about the relationship between the Bogota upper class, power, money, and corruption, as well as the effect these tensions have on the most intimate realms of family and friends. Now, what I took away from this incredible film is that it helps us to look at our own view of our family and maybe, just maybe, help us to be better at paying attention to what is truly important, and it's that family over business. And uh, Duvon, I want to thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, your film with us. No, thanks so much for those kind words, and thanks so much for giving me the space to, to, to let people know about our film. Oh, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can catch all of the replays of our interviews with the top film directors like Duvon Duque, producers and screenwriters, actors, and more on our YouTube channel, Bond on Cinema. And we are available on a dozen audio platforms as well, such as iTunes and Spotify. So make sure you subscribe and give us that five-star rating. And I, again, uh, Duvon, thank you so much for being on our program and sharing this incredible this phenomenal short film, all-inclusive. And ladies and gentlemen, it is Oscar qualified. So we will see what happens in the coming months. And I want to thank all of you for watching and listening. And as for me, I'll see you at the movies.